When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. It's great to be back. A huge thank you to John Michael for filling in a couple of weeks for me, as I was off, but Jim, great to be reunited with you on Cavs HQ. And how about the start to this 2020-21 season for the Cavaliers? 3-0, and including back-to-back wins over the weekend, double overtime in Detroit, Sunday night, knocking off Philly at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Boy, it has indeed been a, a wonderful Christmas time for the Cavaliers. Yeah, it has, Tim, because everybody's looking at Philly as being one of those teams that's going to either come out of the East and maybe even have an opportunity to get to the World Championship. They're supposed to be on record that good. Uh, Last night, their best player, Embiid, did not play. But with all of their support talent that they have, I thought they would have played a better game. But the Cavaliers are exceptional. They are ahead on every level, Tim. Conditioning, execution of offense and defense. Uh, just mindset, the, just their old, their their overall general strategy on how they want to play. It's just everything uh, is just falling in place. It's all about attitude and buying in to J.B. Bickerstaff's yep. philosophy. And I love You're the right. quote that you had the other day. You said J.B. is demanding but not demeaning, and the guys have bought into that. That's right. There is a way to talk to these kids. The Bobby Knights, the Vince Lombardis. When I grew up, <laughs> we took it with a smile. You can't talk to these kids like that. It's, it's just he has their respect. He tells the truth. For nine months during this virus and them not playing, the Cavs, not, these players not playing, he stayed in their head, gained their confidence. He hasn't changed uh, his commentary one bit. 
He's an exceptional coach, and he's the right man for the right job. Boy, no doubt about that. Well, speaking of attitude, uh, a guy that played with some attitude will be our guest in the Legends Chair this week. Jim, you've dipped into that black book again. Charles Oakley, Cleveland native. He's going to join us in the Legends Chair. That's a great get, Jim. Oak is a special person of mine. When I was a stockbroker, you know, I was going to be his agent for, you know, his uh, his uh, stockbroker. That's how much trust he had in me. I knew him as a kid. I know, you know, his, his whole family. And uh, I watched him develop. And, Tim, you know, I, I'm going to tell you a story, you know, when we get Oak on air about how I knew that he, he was that he would be a great pro. But, pro, but, Tim, I never had any idea that he would play 17 years, but that's how good he was. He had a great career. All right, we're going to take a timeout on Cavs HQ. And when we come back, indeed, in the Legends Chair, we'll settle one Charles Oakley. We'll hear from Oak right after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. And we welcome you back. It's Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, Marty Allen with the great music on the other side of the window, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone chipping in as well. Great to have you with us. And boy, speaking of great, we've got another former great NBA player sitting in our Legends chair this week. Jim Jones just keeps coming up with the greats, and this guy had an unbelievable NBA career. We welcome Charles Oakley into the Legends chair and into Cavs HQ. Charles Oakley played in the NBA for 17 plus years. 1994 All-Star, 85-86 All-Rookie Team. Uh, Just an unbelievable career. I won't go through it all, but uh, Charles, first of all, we appreciate you being here. Second of all, of all the guests we've had in the Legends chair, I think you're the first homegrown product, John Hay High School, man. That's the way to do oh, it. Oh, man. That's, a, that's an honor there. I'm glad y'all thought of me and, and the, the other guys, Jones and all the guys, Cavaliers guys when I was a kid, honor me to be in the Legends here. I appreciate it. So before I throw it to Jim, uh, when you were at John Hay, I'm sure you were a Cavs fan. Uh, who were some of those Cavs players that you really enjoyed and that you were a fan of uh, when you were living in the area? It was legendary, you know. They had, you know, Austin Carr, Bingo, uh, you know, they had Nate Thurman, they had um, Terry Furlow, they had Phil Hubbard, Jones, and the list go on and on. Larry Nash and all them guys, and uh, a lot of them guys who I got a chance to play with at a young age. You know, I was, you know, I went to college, came home, played in summer league, chilling with them, showed a lot of love to play in the Cuyahoga Community College summer league, and. You know, they bring a lot of guys down there, and to see, you know, you see a pro, you know, your eyes going to get big, and you want to play well. Oak, uh, I just want to thank you. You really don't know a person until you see the road they've traveled. I know your mother and and, uh, your sister, and I also have have been over to your dad's place and gotten barbecue late night. (laughs) You had the best ribs in town for a long time. No, easily, uh, easily, Oak, easily, Oak. And so I just want to start out first. uh, I want to congratulate you on a career well spent. Let's talk basketball. Let's get into it right away. Let's talk. Uh, Let's get to it. it There's a new kind of NBA. 
How do you look at this uh, new NBA? Let's talk it. I look at the new NBA. It's, it's a problem for people watching it. It's an asset bill for the people who own the teams. But, you know, in, a, in the thick of things, you know, in generation to generation, a lot of stuff has changed from me growing up, from you growing up, and you older than me, and you, you see things, I see things. It's just a slide game now. It's just like it's a copycat more than ever. Everybody wants to shoot threes and pick and rolls, and they forgot about the fundamentals of basketball. And that's why you see a lot of weaker teams every year. And, you know, I know right now the Cavs, you know, a few other teams, a lot of surprises. But, you know, Christmas is over, so sooner or later the surprises go away. That's when better teams start playing. The, the team, the moms and pop teams start going home. And then the fans wonder why our team can't play consistency. Number one, that you still got to have talent to play. You still got to have IQ to play. And that rim ain't going nowhere. So you got to practice your own yeah. your game. Another thing, Oak, uh, your name was synonymous with the New York Knicks. And it was because you uh-huh. were the leader of that team. You can be the captain, but that doesn't mean that you're the leader and that you have control there you of the locker room. Yeah. And I know for well, a fact. That, that the strength behind that team was Charles Oakland. As you see now, that's what we're missing in the NBA. It's, you got 30 teams, maybe five leaders out of the whole league. That's a sign of disaster because you need that structure. And that's why, you know, you see LeBron, no matter where he go, the team can be 20 and 62 or 30 and 50. Once When you get there, he break a whole new element. It's like he got the cure for the coronavirus because that's what he do. He kills things. <laughs> put them in, put them in uh, perspective. And everybody's like, wow, wow. You know, if people want to be a copycat. They need to copycat what LeBron have done over the 17, 18 years in the league and how he presented himself on and off the court and what he brings. It's, it's like a magnet that people never you know, saw before. We had Michael Jordan, Magic Bird. But with LeBron, you know, you had guys play football, baseball. But with LeBron during basketball, it would never be another LeBron. It won't be never close. We always talk about rain, but LeBron is not about the rain. LeBron is about the structure, what's going on. Let's get it right. Let's make it right. We we get opportunity to make it right. Let's talk a little bit about your foundation. I've been a foundation before a foundation ever came about because that's how I carry myself. And my I was raised my aunts, uncles, and my grandparents, my mother, sisters, and brother, people around me, just structure, you know. You know, every line you draw, you hope it be straight, but sometimes, you know, it's some zigzag, but it's up to the individual to find a way back to the straight line. And uh, I grew up in the inner city of Cleveland and seen a lot of things. But it all started with my grandparents, my mother, and uh, how they used to give back and help people. And my grandfather did so much. And he was in the South, you know, it was a tough time, always a tough time, still a tough time. But he took out time for everybody who stayed on the road, make sure they had to get a ride to church, a ride to town, and just help them, you know, just try to make people happy, you know, because people didn't have transportation right. down there. I think they just got water, maybe like running water about 25 years ago. They, you know, dirty road, right. no gravel just 10 years ago. So you go through so much and you see, you know, either you're going to get on the bus or you're going to just walk into the woods at nighttime and get lost. But I got a chance. That I, I ain't mind walking on gravel because it made me better, made me tougher. There you go. Before we take the break, uh, speaking of roads and so forth, uh, Congratulations. I know a few years ago, Charles Oakley Way in Cleveland. Uh, you also may yeah, be the first thank guest. You, thank you. you may be the first guest that uh, has a street named after him. That had to be quite an well, honor for you. you. Know, yeah, I know they did a lot of guys in different cities, but 
you know, LA they got a Walk of Fame star, but they come out of John Hay, you know, some great people, John Hicks, Anthony Hancock, Tim McGee. So we had some celebrities to come out of there, but, you know, it was just an honor, I guess, you know, uh, to go to Hay and, you know, they changed over a couple of times and now you need a 4.0 instead of a 3.0 to get in there at night. So it's a couple <laughs> of school, but hey, you know, I just, I'm just, it's just an honor to come back and you see your name on the street and say, hey, you know, tell kids you never know what happened. Like, if you just try to do the right thing and go through school and go to college, and I don't know if you're going to be a sports doctor, lawyer, just put your mind to it, you're going to be something. I hope you got a replica of the street sign. Is it in your man cave? Oh, you- oh yeah, I got one. Yeah, I got one. And like I said, my mom is still living. She's got a chance to see it. And, you know, something, you know, your parents, you know, it's just, when you can still see them at an old age and, and you do something to just make them more happy and make them more stronger to live longer. There you go. Very cool. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. Sitting in the Legends chair in this week's edition of Cavs HQ is Charles Oakley, Cleveland native, John Hay High School. We'll talk more with Oak following this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. I'm Tim Elkhorn, joined by my broadcast partner on the Cavaliers radio network, Jim Jones, and a very special guest has settled into the Legends Chair this week, Charles Oakley, joining us on Cavs HQ. And, Oak, before the break, uh, we were talking about you being a John Hay and growing up in the Cleveland area. Uh, I want to go back because you end up going to Virginia Union out of John Hay, a D2 school yeah. down in Richmond, a historically black university. Boy, how did they find you? And obviously, uh, your career there led to a great NBA career. But just talk about how you ended up at Virginia Union. Uh, it was basically, you know, I had a, I played football and basketball. And like I said, I was better than football and basketball. But I think that um, when I got recruited, you know, I had a lot of school around the, around the air, tri-state area. And uh, some type of way, it's just this guy named Tricky Tom, he's a, he had something to do with Shaw University. And he had a, a core with uh, my coach, Mr. Olsen, at John Hay and Shaw and a few other schools in Cleveland. And he went, went down to Virginia Union and started coaching the girls. And some kind of way he heard about if he still had family in Cleveland. And Butler from Shaw went to Union the same year, myself and Grant Mayer, and all three of us went. And um, coach, you know, he's a historic black college. You know, we had a white coach and, you know, he came to Cleveland in a pickup truck with a Coke and some crackers and <laughs> came and talked. <laughs> he came and talked to my mom and on Twitter Thursdays appeared. He drove from Virginia, probably took eight hours. You know, they didn't really have a big budget, so he didn't fly. But when he got there, you know, Tricky Tom, you know, whatever they told him, you know, be careful, you know, in the city, so, you know, take his that. But he was a strong mind guy. You know, he was, he was a giving guy, so he came and met with the family and talked. You know, then later I went and visited and showed me a good time, picked me up in the truck at the airport and when I had a limbo and, you know, like some universities do. But it all worked out for the better. You know, I got there, you know, spent my four years and he was a good, great coach, great guy. Uh, we still talk to this day and, you know, he said I was a big project. But the year before I got there, they just had won the national championship too. 
So, uh, you know, I had a great time. Well, your senior year, you were the D2 player of the year. So, uh, obviously, yeah. you did very, play, play very well. State. Yeah, that was big. Because Rap Samson just had left. So, I think if he was still there, I wouldn't have won. But, you know, hard work pay off. I was like 25, 18, but I was at a smaller school. But wow. numbers bring people out. And then you, the person, they have to judge you when they see you, can you play basketball? One thing my college coach told me, he showed me the game. Not just because I'm at a smaller school, but just show me how to play basketball no matter where I was at. After all that happened, my senior year, I went to like four All-Star games. I went to East and West All-Star, I went to Hawaii, I went to the PIT. So I go to the PIT, I get down there, you know, it's, it's most of the guys who's not going first round, but late first or the second. So I was down there playing, so I, I got there. They didn't know me because I was there. I was from Division Two. you know, they threw, they threw us in as some guys to be there, but... I was one of them guys that they threw in. They didn't know that how my hard work and my work effort, I was like 30 and 20 <laughs> for three three oh, games straight. And after that, they picked me to go to Hawaii and all that. So just out in the dough up, especially when I played the East and West All-Star game in Kentucky with all the, the top 15 in some kind of way. My numbers from, got me into that, and I, and I played well. Dean Smith was my coach. One thing about Dean Smith, he told guys, you know, all these guys went to big school, so they think they're special. So Dean Smith was telling about it, pass twice, then shoot. So I'm listening to him because I'm good with, you know, taking, you know, stuff, you know, coaches listening in detail. So he would tell a lot of guys, two shots and pass. So guy was coming down shooting the ball one pass. And so Dean Smith, and he wasn't saying nothing. After he gave his pregame speech, so guy was coming and just jacking up a shot. He just pulling guys out like a yo-yo. So I'm saying, like, wow. They didn't hear what he said. I wasn't about to tell them again because I was listening. And – I played well. Like, I think I got like 15 and 15, but that was big for me because playing against the number division one of division two. And then when, you know, they said I was going to get drafted between second and third round, I went top 10. So it just was a blessing. Hey, uh, Oak, I knew you could play. And let me tell you when. And I know you remember this. Remember we were over uh, at Cleveland State. It was in the summer. You were a day or two yeah. leave, uh, before you left before, for uh, Chicago and, uh, you know, for uh-huh. training camp. And uh, and uh, you asked me, said, "Come on, let's play." And I'm thinking, you know, I'll play this young boy. You know, I'm I was our enforcer, you know, here and with the Lakers. I said, "Let me play against this young boy." One of the things that I when I evaluate talent is if they have courage, because if you don't have courage, I'm the wrong guy to play against. And me and right. you know a lot of big name guys. They're bullies when they have an advantage. But mm-hmm. real courage is when we, we go head to head, you don't flinch, I don't flinch, and then we see what, uh, what the score is at the end of the game. That was the way I was played. I always played and I was raised. Remember we were playing, I think I think you might have been up five to four or something we were playing. I think we played three or four games that day. Remember that loose ball that, that ran, uh-huh. that Tim, the ball comes off the rim. All right. I'm trying to screen him off. He's bowing me, elbowing me. I'm giving it right back to him, and the ball rolls on the floor. Now, I don't dive for loose balls. Oakley bangs past me, dives, picks the ball up, and scores. But in the meantime, while we were banging, he kicked me in the back of my calf. 
Do you know Oak, my calf hurt for two years after that? <laughs> and then when we got through. I'm sorry. When we got through. Hey, my I thing is, when you said that, see, when I played with Pat Riley. You remember that? Moved, it it, remember it wasn't that? no out-of-bounds football. The ball, ain't no out-of-bounds of whoever get the ball. But I had to, you know, like, you watch me play in my career. I hustle, I dive, and the floor dive is there. So I didn't just do it because of that ball. I do it because of all balls. So, you know, I remember uh, in Washington, I died for a ball. Chris Webber, like, I tried to take him out. Like, I said, man, I, I play hard, man. You playing cute. Don't, hey, I don't care. Right. I'm saying to myself. So, go ahead. I'm sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> uh, listen, then after that, uh, we, we got off the floor. I hugged you. I said, man, you're going to make it. I don't know if you remember that. And then some people asked me, they said, what do you think? I said, oh, shoot, he's a pro. Because see, people don't understand. It's good to have all the physical attributes. You know, that's 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 basic. But the fundamentals right. of our game is just a mental it's a mental and a spiritual game. Where is your mind? And I knew you were strong enough after after that. What I wanted to ask you about in the first segment, you and Jim were talking about today's game versus when you played. And of course in today's game you've got load management and nights off and so forth. Oh, yeah. You had three years that you played all eighty two games. And one year, the Knicks had 25 playoff games. You played 107 games. Just talk about yeah. what that's like mentally and physically to, to just go out and play every night. That's what was expected, correct? That was expected. That was my time. I signed my contract. It's 82 games, four years, five years, whatever. I mean, sometimes, you know, you might get sick or you might do this and that. But back in our era, you know, when I first came in the league, it was like, you got a twist ankle, a full groin, or, or almost a broken finger or something, you, you're just going to play. Because the guy behind you going to get your job, and sometimes you get your job back. But it was just, you know, my thing was always about work. Was just sure. I just had it in me. And my grandfather, everything is go back to my grandfather, how he used to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, go to the field, come back, wow. eat 20 bets, then walk three miles to work. and did that for so many years. I saw it as a kid. You know, I ain't see all of it, but I yes. saw enough to inspired me to keep me always working, don't give up, don't be weak, you know. And I just, I've been strong-minded about a lot of things in life. I tell everybody, you know, I speak up. I'm, I, you know, I always, you know, if it's right, I'm going to speak up. My teammate special, whoever I'm on the team or whatever, try not to embarrass or hurt no one. But, you know, a lot of things come when, when you're strong-minded, you know. And people are like, well, you, you know, they tell you, well, be careful what you say, this and that. And I always tell everybody, you know, I played a game a long time. I was around the game, and when I talk, I know what I'm talking about. I don't have to come back and apologize. I never had a knock on wood because I try to speak about what I know, not what somebody else said. Hey, yeah. uh, oh, one of the things I want to talk about was uh, I know you got a book, and I, I know it's almost done. You're a writer now, but also you talk yeah. about getting some cooking shows. Could you could you talk a little bit about both of those? I tried to do a book like 15 years ago. I met with different editors and try to get my book going, and I think that uh, two years ago, I was talking with a guy, and, you know, everybody said, man, when are you going to do this, do a book? Because, you know, a lot of people write books and put them out and, you know, just blow a lot of smoke, but my book is just going to be a book from the heart, uh, stuff yeah. I've been through, and NBA on off the court, and just stirs, like, you know, places I've been, and it's just good, it's going to be a good reading book, but it's going to let people, you know, antennas don't definitely come up. If you ain't got cable, you're going to have to get cable. My book will be like a cable you ain't never had. So when you get, when you sign up this book, you're going to get your money off, and it's going to probably be a sequel to it, because it's going to be so in, in, 
so much good reading and good in the conversation people be like because now in society people want some good structure and some like hear some stories they want to hear that you know because yep. they see some people have it all the way you know easy through life but it's not easy a lot of guys who got it easy but they might have went through i mean got a hard uh easy whatever but my thing is it's a lot of stuff you go through like as a road it's like traveling 500 miles it ain't gonna be straight you're gonna go through curves tunnels and bridges so this book gonna take you all around, but it's gonna be a good book because I know people already know because okay. I'm I'm coming from the heart, one thousand percent. What about your cooking shows? You said that you're work you're working on that now. Oh yes, I know a lot of people don't know this. My passion is cooking. Charles can uh, think right in February, right before All Star, I was in Cleveland. I came to Cleveland, and you know I'm always doing a lot of giving back. I don't do a lot of publicizing, but I came in town on a Monday, on a Tuesday, I cooked for a thousand people downtown. At the center, you know, I've been doing that. I did Skid Row. I did, like, different centers in Miami, Chicago, New York. So the cooking show coming out on Discover Channel, I got, like, 16 guests. thing is just having a conversation with people. Everybody's different, females, males, different sports, uh, doctors, whoever. And another good thing about it is I cook their favorite meal, and we talk over the meal. So no matter what you want, I have to cook it and present it. So I'm a pretty good cook. Uh I lend my name to maybe about 10 to 15 charities a year. They auction me off at the fundraiser, a golf, even if they have a golf event or they have a dinner, and they auction me off. And whether they, whoever had the highest bid, sometimes they split the bid, two of the same. I had to do two for their foundation. So I do a lot of giving back and uh, just say, hey, just do it from the heart. Um, I know it's hard work, but I'm about work. That's showing people because. I'm in the kitchen doing it. I ain't having somebody else come and cook. I'm showing up with my suit on and ready to talk to you. I'm in the grind. I'm doing the cutting. I'm doing the turning the stove on and off. I'm doing the baking. I, I love to do it because I know it's it going to be right. Sometimes you get other people to do stuff. Uh, you got a question. But when I'm in that kitchen, I'm telling you, it's going to be right. There you go. Oak, uh, this has been a blast. Uh, just a great time to have a conversation with you. Again, congratulations on your remarkable NBA career. And then, as you've described, uh, your just incredible career following basketball and everything that you've been able to become involved with. We appreciate you stopping by, and uh, perhaps we'll have another conversation on Cavs HQ. Yes, especially. Thank you and Charles. And uh, when this book comes out, we might want to get back on and talk, because it's going to be some stuff you're going to want to see. I mean, they're going to want to hear it. Sounds good to us. Maybe we'll talk about Dancing right. with the Stars, too, the next time. I know. We forgot <laughs> yeah. about that. I, yeah, know. I know. My <laughs> goodness. Uh-huh. We'll save that for the next show, Oak. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. I, I probably, okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks, Charles. Charles Oakley okay. joining Thank us you, on Oak. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll be right back. Last week, Larry Nance Jr. began his efforts to help locally owned businesses in Northeast Ohio. He asked fans to send him a shirt, hat, or piece of apparel from their favorite local business, promising to wear each piece of clothing to a game this year, be photographed in it, and then post about the business to raise awareness. On top of that, he will also auction off each worn jersey from each game and match whatever price it goes for with 100% of the proceeds going to that business. When we come back, we'll be joined by the owner of The Grog Shop, Kathy Blackman, the first business to benefit. 
Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. For me, the Grog Shop stood out because it's a staple of Cleveland. For me, at least, you know, growing up here, um, you know, there's so many, so many awesome concerts. I, all my, all my, my parents were, my, my parents were strict. Larry Senior was strict, so I wasn't allowed to be going to concerts in downtown Cleveland, right? So, but all my friends talking about the concerts they went to, and and the fact that so many Cleveland artists got their starts at the Grog Shop, and and. To me, it just speaks to um, the exact kind of business that we're here to represent. And, of course, that's the voice of uh, Larry Nance Jr. As we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Larry Nance Jr. with this extraordinary effort throughout the 2020-2021 season. Cleveland helping Cleveland, as he certainly uh, does all he can to support local businesses in our area. And as you heard him right there, uh, business number one right out of the chute was the Grog Shop. And the owner of the Grog Shop, Kathy Blackman, now joins us on Cavs HQ. Uh, Boy, Kathy, when you hear Larry Nance Jr. talk about it and when you got notice uh, that you were going to be the very first one, uh, just what was your reaction to that? I was shocked. I was so excited. I was just kind of jumping up and down in my living room. I, I, my daughter was there. I'm like, take a picture of us on the Zoom. I was really, I was floored, to be honest, because <laughs> I thought, when I first heard about the promo, I thought, oh, what an amazing thing and how cool. And I, you know, a bunch of people had tweeted at us and posted it on our Instagram, you guys should do this. So I personally delivered our T-shirt and a hoodie. I, I did both, gave them a choice, um, because I just, I couldn't believe what a cool thing it was. And I was just hoping that we would be chosen as one of the businesses let alone the first. It was amazing. Now, Kathy, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Grog Shop, uh, just talk about your business, and uh, even though it may be tough to talk about it, uh, how COVID has affected that. So the Grog Shop is a small independent music venue located on Coventry Road in Cleveland Heights. We just celebrated in September our 28th year anniversary, so we've been around a long time. We've seen ups and downs certainly um, through the years, but this is clearly the biggest down yet. Um, We closed on, our last night open was Friday, March 13th, so just prior to the the mandated shutdown for the state, um, we sort of made the decision that by definition, we're like a a place you gather in mass to like be around other people and hear live music and socialize and we have no seating or a general admission kind of venue, no food. Really, you go there to hang out and have fun and party and listen to music, and clearly COVID is not our friend. So things like this just blow me away, how supportive the community is being. And Larry, this promotion that he's doing is just so generous and amazing, and what a great thing to do for all these small businesses that are going to be recognized. Kathy, uh, I know you know this already, that I'm a bass player. A bass guitar player. Okay. You, you know that, right? <laughs> so when we open There's again, no you, well, you can be coming. I know. I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be there. But you are one of the foundations in Cleveland, an independent business that are giving these young people and, and a few older groups the opportunity to express themselves in music. And uh, you've got quite a history. Could you name some of the, I know some of the current 
young kids, you know, they play right. hard There's rock. There's so much that has started the, there the because rock. we've been around yeah. so long. And yes. because we're a smaller club, it, you sort of play the garage shop the first time through town. So we see people, you know, when they're starting out. So, you know, yeah. uh, the most notable maybe would be to say Bruno Mars played his first show in Cleveland at, at the Grog Shop, which yeah. obviously he was sort of already getting wow. He was already big when he played there. We sort of lucked out on that one. But people like Kid Cudi, yeah. Wiz Khalifa, Machine Gun Kelly, oh, if you're going to the hip-hop era, Khalifa? they all uh, played their yes, first shows. Yes, I know. You know, this is before anybody knew who they were. They had a mixtape. They, yeah. they weren't on the radio. They weren't known. You know, we've done everything from hip-hop to indie rock to punk rock to metal, to a little bit of jazz here and there. Um, you know, probably the only thing we don't do is classical music. It's not really our thing, but um, anybody <laughs> sort of Funny. starting out in the, you know, independent music scene, all original stuff, you know, you play, that's, this is where you start. So, you know, we're happy to be here as a stepping ground for people and, you know, as they move up the ladder. <laughs> well, Kathy, uh, we hope you are able to open the doors again soon to the Grog Shop, but congratulations on being the very first business that Larry Nance Jr. elected to work with, and we really appreciate you stopping by Cavs HQ. Oh, thank you, guys. Wish this you the best, Kathy. So Wish you the best. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. We appreciate it. Again, that is Kathy Blackman, owner of the Grog Shop, and business number one as far as Larry Nance Jr. and Cleveland Helping Cleveland, the extraordinary effort that Larry is putting on this year. Quick timeout, more to come on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Jenny Osmond, wide open, right corner, three, right on the mark. I think he has found a comfort zone coming off the bench. He had 11 on Wednesday. How about 18 tonight for Jetty? And they're looking for him, Tim. Sexton, open three. Good! Oh, how about the ball movement right there? That's right. Team play, looking for the open man. Next him into the lane. Alley-oop to Drummond. Pow! Oh, what a combo. Exum to Drummond. It wreaks havoc. And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and again, the great folks on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone. Boy, Jim Jones, we've had a fun show so far. Charles Oakley joining us, and then, of course, uh, Kathy Blackman in our last segment, the owner of the Grog. By the way, uh, we neglected to mention, but we should, $8,000 was raised for the Grog uh, on opening night through the efforts of Larry Nance Jr. Just incredible. So uh, congratulations to uh, Kathy Blackman. And as we said when we close things out, let's hope uh, they can get those doors open pretty quickly at the Grog. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, uh, we heard some highlights there. The Cavs have come roaring out of the gates. 3-0 and start. We talked about this in the open. And they had challenges uh, really in every game uh, the challenge of the home opener and then the challenge of going on the road and and then that turned into a bigger challenge when they were down nine in the first overtime and ripped off 19 straight points to take that 10 point lead in the second overtime and went and went up in Detroit then the challenge of coming back home and knocking off Philadelphia an upper echelon team in the east on a back-to-back uh they have indeed answered all challenges so far. <laughs> yes, they have. You know, most teams would be ready to say, okay, this is the first half of the season, let's go home. I mean, uh, so many things have gone right for them, 
and uh, they deserve it. And I just keep coming back to the four to five days of training camp. And uh, they got a lot of stuff done. But uh, the unique thing about Bickerstaff and his staff is that they only really focus on three things. And those three things have to do with toughness, which is uh, an intangible, of course, and then uh, playing together, passing the ball, playing together, and then defending first. Those three things, they've kept it simple. Player Players have accepted it. Players have bought in. One of the things that you and I have had the pleasure of calling is this motion offense that JB and the staff yeah. have put in. Uh, boy, that ball is moving around. The, the Cavs are piling up assist totals game in and game out. Uh, without getting too X and O technical, Jim, uh, describe this motion you offense and how it fits the personnel on the floor. The fundamentals of, uh, of motion offense is I make a pass and I cut either to the opposite floor side of the floor or else uh, give an inference of going, of cutting to the lane and then moving out to a corner, keeping the floor spread, but, but movement of player and movement of the ball. The unique thing about it, what makes it so tough for teams to scout Tim, is that there's a lot of stuff that happens coincidentally by players making the right decision. Okay, uh, so-and-so has the ball, let's say Sexton, and I'm down in the opposite block, uh, but he's got a tough defender on him that's guarding him close. It's not in the scouting report. I just go up there and set a pick for him, and then he comes off. A guy in the corner, most guys would stay in the corner because they want the short dump-off ball that gives you the short corner shot. No, I fake like I'm going to stay there, and then I go back door. See, those are things that the defense can't prepare for, and it's given them a significant edge because they are fundamentally strong, and they're very adept at finding the open man. Jim, uh, coming into the segment, uh, Kurt and Marty on the other side uh, racked up a Jetty Osmond highlight. Boy, he really seems to have found his niche coming off the bench. Uh, he's points off the bench for the Cavaliers. Well, you know, this is the way he played in Europe. You know, a lot of ball movement, a uh, lot of spacing. But the last three or four years, he's, he had been trying to put the ball on the floor. That's not his game. You know, his game is, is moving without it and the catch and shoot. And this system is especially suited for his style of play. Well, let's talk about the Cavs on the defensive end of the floor, Jim. Uh, they knew going into the offseason that's where they needed to improve. Now, they had acquired Andre Drummond uh, at the trading deadline last year, but we only saw him for eight games before things were shut down. But Andre comes back. Uh, JB expects big things out of him defensively in that paint area. They acquire JaVel McGee. Of course, they draft Okoro, number five overall, known for his defense. Boy, this defensive improvement that we've seen in the first three games <laughs> yeah. has really stood out. It has, Tim, and uh, you talk about it every night, and so do I. And the reason being is because in order for you to make changes, you have to be realistic in enough to know your strengths and and the Cavaliers do. They knew that they needed to improve on defense. They knew they had to be uh, better uh, on, on the offensive side. But JB comes from Memphis. And in Memphis, they were known for their defense. And the defense wins more games than offense, trust me, because it gives you the opportunity to win. And he that has been his focus from day one, to defend, defend with courage, defend with purpose, do all those right things defensively. 
and this is what we call a helping defense. It's an aggressive defense on the ball. It's aggressive on the next possible pass. Therefore, teams may run options, go back door. They may try to take you off the dribble. So you have to have people that are in position to help, and this defense does. It is a helping defense, and it's been very effective early. Boy, so far so good. Uh, Cavaliers at 3-0, and one of only three teams now in the NBA that are 3-0 and on the season. Jim, we talked about the challenges that the Cavaliers have faced so far, and they've answered all of them. Uh, the Knicks come to town on Tuesday night, New York at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and then the Cavaliers will hit the road for six consecutive games. So uh, there's another challenge of going out on the road into hostile territory, but uh, New York's here on Tuesday, and then the six-game road swing. Uh, just talk about the upcoming schedule for the Cavs. Tim, can I talk about the per diem that we're missing for six games? <laughs> yeah, but it's a short drive home. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> we call it. Uh, we we used to call uh, the the per diem, uh, which is unbelievable. Uh, play money because uh, you don't give it the due respect that you should because you sort of start depending on it and know it's going to be there when Corver brings around those envelopes, you know, be, uh, on the plane. Not everybody uh, calls it play money, Jim. That, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I got you, babe. Uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, but uh, those six games on the road, you talked about it last night, how it, it'll give these guys a chance to even bond even further. It also gives them a chance to play against some of the better teams so they'll have a better idea as to where they're at. Well, part of that road trip, uh, it starts New Year's Eve day. It's an afternoon game in Indiana. That'll be on uh, Thursday. Then they go down to Atlanta on Saturday. And then they've got a back-to-back in Orlando on a Monday and a Wednesday. Now, the NBA has yeah. gone to more of that this year in trying to restrict the yes. travel and cut it down Uh they play Orlando twice within three days. Uh, what do you think about that? Because I know the Cavs will have a couple of those at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as well. you got to get through the season. And everybody's going to have the same uh, misfortune or the same advantages. It depends on how you look at it, half full or half empty. So there's no problem there. You know, we're just trying to make sure that this game survives in spite of the virus. You know, everybody's trying to do what they can do to keep an NBA season. And this is a fundamental part of it. How do you play a 72-game schedule? How do you make it interesting for fanfare? 7 through 10, there's a, there's a playoff playoff, you know, to see who will be the 7th and 8th place team. All of those things create interest. All of those things become motivators, not only for players, but for our fans. By the way, Jim, before we take the break, uh, we haven't talked a lot about that during our actual broadcast this year. Uh, 7 through 10 and the new formula as far as how they will determine the 7th and 8th seed. They did it down in the bubble. Uh, do you like it? Yeah, I think it's necessary, Tim. I think based upon the circumstances of the league right now, and it also give those teams a chance that couldn't participate. I get your drift. That didn't participate in uh, the bubble. It gives them an added feature that they well deserve, a chance to get into playoffs. Yep. And we'll talk more about that as the season unfolds. But uh, right now, one game at a time. But, boy, the Cavs, uh, as I said, one of only three teams now in the NBA that has opened up at 3-0. and Cavs' next game, 
Tuesday night. The Knicks are in town at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And, of course, we'll have it along the Cavaliers Radio Network. We'll take a quick time out on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. When we come back, Jim Jones and yours truly, Tim Elkhorn, will put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Simmons into the forecourt, into the lane, splits a double team. Drummond blocked the pass. Drummond tiptoeing down the left sideline. Drummond in the lane to Garland. Behind his back to Nance. Powell with two hands. Doc Rivers calls time. Oh, what a sequence. Exum out front to Sexton. Sexton, run of the lane, hits the brakes. Here comes the double team. Got it out front. McGee, three. Good! Oh, the big fella hits the three ball. 64-46. I'm not sure how many JaVel McGee three-ball calls we're going to have for highlights, so when you get them, you got to <laughs> use them. <laughs> we welcome back, or we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Yeah, we've had some fun so far this year. Cavaliers at 3-0 and out of the blocks with the Knicks coming to town on Tuesday night. Hey, Jim, before we wrap things up, I did want to ask you, uh, you've been on some really good teams. You've been on some teams that have struggled. But that being said, yes. boy, mentally, when you come out at 3-0, and I think everybody just feels really good and enthusiastic about this team. Now, there's 69 more games, but, boy, how important <laughs> is a good start just to kind of get yourself mentally into this thing? Well, it's everything, and it's everything because we're a young team. And the reason I say young is because many of the players we count on are young. We're talking about 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, and they and those that are that age that have been here have struggled. So we're counting on a lot of young people to be effective. And one of the best things you can do for them is win some games early. Why? Because learning how to win under adverse situations and, and content, that's what makes you a winning team in the long run. Tim, if there's no struggle, there's, there's no success. If there's no struggle, you can't get better. You have to have some resistance. And this is going to be a challenging six games for us, but I like our chances. Well, no doubt about it. All right, Jim, that'll be the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. So, uh, again, a huge thanks to you. Man, you keep diving into that black book. No, thanks to you. Boy, Charles Oakley, a great guest today. Uh, We appreciate Oak stopping by and paying us a visit. Of course, uh, Kathy Blackman from the Grog Shop talking about her business and, boy, $8,000 coming her way and the Grog Shop's way through the efforts of one Larry Nance Jr., yeah, that's beautiful. Yep. That's a great thing. So, uh, And all year long, Larry Nance Jr. with Cleveland Helping Cleveland. We'll keep that going for local businesses in our area. But thanks to Kathy for stopping by. Of course, uh, the three guys on the other side of the window who do tremendous work. Kurt McLaughlin, Marty Allen, Leo Simone. Thank a you, great guys. big thank you to those guys. Jimmy, thanks, thanks to guys. you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Tim. Biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. This week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. And until we talk again, so long, everybody. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. 
Welcome.